Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 14, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in a vision for you, chapter 11, on page 161. And today we are beginning with the first full paragraph on that page that begins with, Now this house will hardly accommodate. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Diane G., 12 Traditions, Sharon H., and the readers, Marita, Katie F., Rebecca, and Lisa P., in that order. OA Preamble. Oh, the reference number for yesterday, excuse me. The reference number for yesterday, the share code for Wednesday, November 13th, is 5449. 5449. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Diane G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Diane from New Hampshire. I'm grateful to be here this morning. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, 
to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I'd now like to ask Sharon H. to please read the 12th division. Thank you, Janice. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other means of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You. We are on page 161, and we will begin with a paragraph, Now This House Will Hardly Accommodate. And today, I would like to ask Marita to please get us started. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita, a recovering compulsive overeater in Virginia. Now this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors. 
or they number 60 or 80 as a rule. Alcoholics are being attracted from far and near. From surrounding towns, families drive long distances to be present. A community 30 miles away has 15 fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Being a large place, we think that someday this fellowship will number many hundreds. And they have a asterisk that says this was written in 1939. So, um, so that 30 mile away community, that must have been Cleveland because this is Akron, right? And back then, driving 30 miles before there were interstates and then those little old cars, that was quite a commitment. And so it is part of the marvel that they are trying to present here, that that people are coming from all over, from vast distances, even though today that feels like, you know, a 30-minute commute, and I make that every morning. Um, and then the idea that that the house can hardly hold these people, and this was a big house, this was a mansion that um, that they were being allowed to use, um, sixty or eighty as a rule, and uh, and uh, this is part of the miracle that they're that they are presenting to us. This idea that that the work that's being done is so attractive to people. That we're that they're magnetically being drawn here, and uh, everybody's lining up, waiting for the miracle to happen for them too, like they talked about in the previous paragraph. And it makes me think of the the line that we're on together. You know, people all over the world. When I came on a little bit earlier this morning, I was listening to people coming in from. Massachusetts and Maine and Michigan and Florida and Colorado and I know there's an Oregon person and we have folks from Israel and I'm in Virginia. It's just um, amazing. And 200 people, oftentimes 250 people, hang out here with us every morning. And uh, wow, we would need a really big room to hold this many folks. So the the magnetism is still happening for us. We are still being drawn, and we are all lining up, waiting for the miracle to happen to us, through us, to other people. It's uh, it's a blessing for us all. Thanks so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marita. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. <clears throat> Go ahead, Ms. Kim. Good morning, Janice. Frog on my throat. Um, good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, when I read this, my heart just swells with gratitude. Um, kind of what Marita was saying: alcoholics are being attracted from far and near. We think some by some day, its fellowship will number in the many hundreds. I mean, I don't think these gentlemen understood not only how many alcoholics they would help, but how many drug addicts and compulsive overeaters and gamblers and sex addicts and and how this simple program would help millions and millions of people. But why why does it attract people from far and near? Why are people in Israel willing to get to break up their day at two o'clock in the afternoon? Why is people from the West Coast willing to get up at three and four o'clock in the morning? You know, um, it amazes me my phone with all these weird numbers that come through that are from England and from Israel and from 
countries I've never even heard of. Why is that? Because this program of recovered people has a message to carry. I'm going to read from page 18. It says, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. But the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, and he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. And that's what this meeting shouts. There's a real answer. You do not need to be recovering from compulsive overeating for 30 years. You can recover. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I am not someone that hasn't, has done enough work during the day that I can beat the food, that I go to sleep exhausted thinking, oh my God, thank you God, I was abstinent one more day. I wake up in the morning and I ask God, how can I be useful to you and my fellows? I live with God all day long and I go to sleep with contentment as I review my day to see how I can improve. I do not struggle with compulsive overeating. I know to my core I am a compulsive overeater. But today, because I work this program, I am recovered. I no longer want my binge foods. You know, we had a question yesterday in the afternoon about starting a new meeting. How can I start a Vision for You meeting? Well, Vision for You is simply a meeting. It's an Overeaters Anonymous meeting that's united on the big book. There's nothing special about a Vision for You except that we are recovered people, people who have walked through this path and have had a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery. And I remember years ago hearing, what do you need to do to start a meeting in OA? And I was told, all you need is a coffee pot and a resentment. And that is sad. And that is why a lot of meetings flounder, because we are forming meetings hoping to find the answer. When Bill and Bob formed this fellowship, it was because they were recovered and they wanted to bring this answer out. Meetings need to be grounded in recovery and sharing this message. Meetings that are formed because you want something usually wind up floundering and fail. Or even sadder, they wound up flourishing and it's just riddled with disease. So let's read that again. Alcoholics are being attracted from far and near that someday its fellowship will number many hundreds and it's because Alcoholics Anonymous was founded in recovery. One recovered person reaching out to another to bring them this message. And that is a simple formula that has worked for 78 years. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Leah. Go ahead, Ms. Leah. Hey, Janice. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Hi, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It says, now this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors, for they number 60 or 80 as a rule. Alcoholics are being attracted from far and near. You know, they talk about the program of attraction. You know, this isn't just uh, mere elimination of alcohol. This was men and women getting sober and staying sober and their families being reunited and their lives being restored. That's why in the text, uh, you know, they utilize the word reborn. You know, they had been reborn, not, not in body, obviously, 
but in their outlook and attitude upon life. And that is the attraction, that the secret of these 12 steps is that, yes, absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in one's personality and one's character and values. And as a result, we have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And that is a message of hope, and that is the message that these men uh, and later women were communicating. They had a singleness of purpose. Their entire fellowship was evolving um, to communicate that good news of recovery. And that was, as was previously stated, a magnet. And that spiritual chain reaction that grew from... from uh, Bill to Dr. Bob and Akron, and now stretches to countless uh, alcoholics and countless uh, addictions, as we all know, um, in cultures as diverse as imaginable. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, there are 12-step meetings now in over 100 countries. I know personally I've gotten calls from, you know, all nooks and crannies of this nation, uh, from Israel certainly, from Sweden, from Germany, from Dubai, from Austria, Switzerland, South Africa. I mean, it's phenomenal. But that's, that is um, the power of the message, not the messengers. <laughs> the messengers are merely agents of God here out of gratitude and love pleasure and self-preservation to carry a message. And the message is that abstinence and recovery is possible, and it's more than just a simple elimination of binge foods. It is a wholeness and a soundness and a restoration um, of renewed life. This is about the problem being solved. I know who and what I am, but the problem's been solved. It doesn't exist for me. And how was that possible? That, pos- that was possible because someone carried the message to me. I came here. I crawled in with tombstones in my eyes. Someone handed me a book. They cracked it open for me, brought it to life. I applied that same program of action, those first nine steps to my life to the best of my ability. And you know what? I woke up to those promises that we talk about on 83 and 84. You know, so um, it is a program of attraction because of the message. And the electricity in the air is the electricity of God working in our lives. You know, when you're in a room of recovered people as they were, and, and also the newcomers grabbing onto this thing, it is, you, you have the opportunity to watch God um, express himself in each individual. And it is um, just a beautiful process that begins uh, to develop in a room or on a line where you see people's lives being transformed, people being saved because of the program of recovery. And rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. That was true in 1939. It's certainly true just as much today, Thursday, November 14, 2013. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Ms. Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Melanie? Go ahead, Melanie. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Hello, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. And listening to the uh, previous two shares um, brought to mind my own particular sojourn. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, I uh, 
was in a very bad place in 1989. Um, I thought it was going to be the bottom to, you know, meet all bottoms in my disease. And um, somebody told me about Overeaters Anonymous. And I continued to um, develop the sadness, the despair, and certainly my my ability to pack in more food from 1989 until 2005. And someplace around September 2005, um, in the rooms, somebody showed me something that was different than what I had seen before. And that particular sojourn took me to a place that I was willing to drive three and a half hours um, to a meeting once every couple of weeks to continue to see and be a part of and to continue to work on what they had given me in that place. And you couldn't have stopped me from going there. Um, And that was from a place that I was agoraphobic, not leaving my home. And I had people at that particular meeting get on the phone, their their cell phones, and talk me through getting up there to that meeting at least every couple of weeks for sure. And then from that point, there came an opportunity to uh, be in touch with some people from a different state. And I saw and learned from them a place in which to be able to be recovered and with that opportunity, got a chance because of my um, husband's work, moved to a different state because of the recovery, the, the program of attraction in that state from Oregon to Minnesota for eight, almost eight years. And then from that place back to Oregon to a meeting on the telephone every single day of the week because of the message. Again, what the passion that you hear in the last two shares, because the message, because it was true, because it worked in my life. I came into these rooms at 50 years old, eight years ago, after being in, in relapse, in the rooms, in developing my sickness for 17 years because of a program of attraction, and they held close and tight to me. They have given me the life that I have today. Are you kidding me? I would go to the end of the earth, and I know I hear in these rooms, push a penny with my nose from here to China and back, and although I don't want to steal that particular one, but I'm telling you, whatever it takes, because my life has been transformed. Nothing did it. I was in complete misery for a half a century. I don't want to give my life up again. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Now this house will hardly accommodate its weekly visitors. You know, it's grown. It's grown. That attraction, not promotion, is what they're telling us. I love that the big book paints such a picture for us. Paints such a picture for us of what it used to be like, what happened, so that we know what it's like now. So that we know what it's like now. This was how it started. This was how it started. And the willingness of people to gather together because of what was happening to them, they had to see it first. They had to see it. Those in whom the problem had been solved, they had a message to carry. They had a message to carry. And as we've heard, they did it so that they could keep it. But they did it with joy. They did it with joy and gratitude and, and could not, hardly keep themselves from carrying that message. And so that attraction kept happening, kept happening. And so the movement got promoted with just that, people hearing about it from other people and traveling distances in order to see this thing, to watch this miracle unfold, and then find it unfolded in them as well. 
you know, we we are very, very blessed to have an ability to, to use this modern technology so that we indeed can gather together. But what makes it so powerful is not is not us as individuals, but us as collectively accessing this power that's greater than us, finding this sacred place, this holy power, I like to say, that gathers us together every morning on the line. It's amazing sometimes, 250 people, 230 people will gather together to hear this message, to hear this message. And what is the message that they heard and the message that we hear? You don't have to live like that anymore. There is a way out. And it's a spiritual connection. That if you work the 12 steps, as if your life depends on it, you will find what we found. You will find access to this power. Because lack of power was always my dilemma. And I was totally and utterly bewildered at where my life had taken me. You know, no matter how great the desire or the wish, I could not stop. And even if I could stop myself for a little while, my thinking, the obsession in my mind ensured I'd pick up again. But here I found what I hope many of you will find as well, that there is a proven workable method by which we can arrest our illness, and it's the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. And we get to follow the directions clearly laid out in this big book so that we too can begin to practice these principles in all our affairs, practice this way of living. That's what ensures my abstinence. That's what ensures my spiritual growth. Every day, practice these principles in all my affairs. Practice this way of life. I don't just sit back on this hour on the meeting and talk talk, 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 like that's enough. I need to then practice what I'm learning here. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? All right, then I will ask Katie to please read the next paragraph. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. William from Jerusalem. Hello? Miriam, Hello. I think we're moving on to the next paragraph, if you don't uh, mind waiting I, until I've I can't share, can share anymore for this paragraph. Janice, can you hear me? This is Katie. Yes. Would you like to share after the next paragraph, Miriam, if you don't mind? Are you still there, Miriam? Go ahead, Katie. Okay. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. But life among Alcoholics Anonymous is more than attending gatherings and visiting hospitals. Cleaning up old scrapes, helping to settle family differences, explaining the disinherited son to his irate parents, lending money and securing jobs for each other when justified, these are everyday occurrences. No one, no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially if he means business. Social distinctions, petty rivalries and jealousies, these are laughed out of countenance. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God, 
with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? And, you know, this is just telling you that um, life is going to be different and you're not going to go back to the way it was. You know, which is hard to um, grasp in the beginning. And I didn't, I didn't grasp it and I didn't uh, dwell on it. I didn't even believe that I would stay abstinent for, you know, more than a day. <laughs> you know, all I knew is I, I needed to change and I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. And so, you know, this analogy of being wrecked in the same vessel you know, I I was pulled, I just picture myself drowning and someone coming along with a boat and now I'm in the boat. Well, you know, I don't have to think about um, tomorrow or next month or next year of how I'm going to keep doing this thing. I just keep doing the next right thing. And, you know, for me, um, it's been following the directions of my sponsor, following the guidance of people who have gone before me. and because of that practice of doing that every day for uh, a long time, I no longer have the desires that I had before. I don't sit and look at um, clothing uh, catalogs anymore and wish that I could um, could fit into those clothes and imagine and try to imagine myself um, being in them and all that kind of craziness that I did uh, when I was binging. I don't look through uh, food magazines and think about, you know, well, maybe someday I'll be able to eat like a lady and have small portions of these yummy foods. I don't waste my time on stuff like that anymore. I I spend my time helping others, serving my family, serving God, and uh, being of maximum usefulness. But, you know, when I was first newly abstinent, I didn't think about those things because it was too overwhelming. I just, I didn't, I mean, I couldn't have handled all the information about what was going to happen in my life ahead of time. And I had to learn to trust that um, I was going to be okay and to follow the directions of my fellows. But that was a missing link for me. I didn't want to do what other people told me to do. I thought I was unique. I had to surrender my uniqueness. And, you know, I love that it says that no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially. You know, there's no one that I am not willing to help, and I am not so bad that I can't be helped. And this is very encouraging, and it's just amazing to me that, um, you know, they wrote these words in 1939 having absolutely no idea what the world was going to look like. And I'm sure they would have been very overwhelmed if they (laughs) were told that this was going to be in 100 countries. Because back then, they hand-wrote responses to to, uh, inquiries. I mean... That would just be so overwhelming. And it's the same for my life today. I just do the next right thing. And that'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sharon. May I share? Go ahead, Sharon. 
Thank you, Janice. Uh, this is Sharon in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and I just uh, say a warm welcome to everyone out on the line. And I just wanted to pick up on sort of the end of this paragraph. Uh, no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially, if he means business. Social distinctions, petty rivalries, and jealousies, these are laughed out of countenance. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and reunited under one God, with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? And, oh, my gosh, I just have that all highlighted now and underlined. And um, because I was one of those that had that uh, uh, camaraderie and everything in the beginning many, many years ago and um, in another program, and I drove about, um, I think it was 45 miles one way and back, to get to that meeting, and I did that three times a week. But uh, I am one of those in this program who has struggled and has experienced uh, relapse over and over again. And then uh, by the grace of someone in this program who knew me and I knew her, uh, I was uh, sort of uh, guided to this meeting. And I just can't tell you what a difference it has made in my life. And it's um, the foundation is the same. It is under one God that we all come together, shipwrecked, beaten up, uh, no matter where we are. It does not matter. If we mean business, this will work. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I get up every morning and I listen to this meeting live, and I have just uh, gained so much of understanding for... <clears throat> through this thick head of mine, uh, God just shined his light into the pages of this book. And in the doctor's opinion, I finally saw the truth, the truth that um, I was in a hopeless state of mind and body with the food and the trigger foods. And I, that was never going to change in my life. And as a result of that, I'm working through the steps. I'm on this meeting. I take notes. I am so grateful to be here. And it's amazing that um, I see it so differently and I have that same hope that I had so many, many years ago. And I am so grateful to each one of you and to your service and commitment um, to stay focused on the principles, uh, to stay focused on what works, the solution is in the principles that I'm seeing so, so very clearly, and I am so grateful for that. And the attraction, you know, I mean, this this message is getting out by word of mouth. I mean, you know, it's not like there's a big ad in the Denver Post here or somewhere saying, you know, come listen to this meeting. And and that's, that's amazing because that's when you see God moving in the hearts and minds and lives of people to restore them to completeness and wholeness and to have joy in their heart. And I'm so grateful to be a part of that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Sally. Go ahead, Sally. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sally, a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, want to share on these very similar lines that were just shared on. No one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially. I really would have thought that would be me. And it really wasn't because my weight was so incredibly high that, that um, I would have thought that I was a hopeless cause because of that. I did think I was a hopeless cause, but it wasn't because of my weight. It was because I was nuts. I was simply nuts. 
And um, it scared me that I was so nuts, um, that I didn't think on a functional level, that I knew that I was not only raised in a dysfunctional way, but that I, by virtue of being in the food for so many years, I was dysfunctional, that I was socially inept in many, in many ways, um, that I was in trouble in terms of society and to come to this program and, and to want to be good enough, to want to be, um, to not stand out because, oh, that's the one who's nuts. That's what my thinking was when I first came to this program. And, and honestly, there were times I still have those feelings of don't say anything, you know, don't say anything. Maybe they won't figure it out. Maybe they won't see it if you just be quiet. Um, but no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially. Thank God that we are so embracing. If he means business, that's the bottom line. If he means business, and sur- surely I meant business. I had truly had, had reached my jumping off point that's spoken of in page 152. Many times I had reached a jumping off point. Social distri- distinctions, petty rivalries and jealousies, these are laughed out the out of countenance, being wrecked in the same vessel. We are all the same. We are all coming really from a very similar fabric because just like they're talking about the shipwreck guys, it's it's here in this book, it's in the 12 and 12, we are wrecked in the same vessel. We're not that different. I wish sometimes we could all do our fifth steps in front of each other so we could find out, oh, you did that? And we wouldn't, you know, feel that we were so off being restored and united under one God. Now, there's a huge paradigm shift for me. Um, I really thought that, you know, it was my religion of the highway. And how many people do believe that? And what do you know? God is so much bigger than me. It's a real eye-opener when you think about it. With hearts and mind attuned to the welfare of others. Finally, this is a program that teaches me to stop being so selfish and put my eyes on other people. It's really not something I ever heard in my church. All right, my time's up. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I like this paragraph, and I want to to pay attention to two sentences. The first one, but life among Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes, it's it's a miracle. Thank God that it reminds me what is all about this program, not to be alone, not to be isolated, to be with other people. And it's so amazing, and it's so wonderful that suddenly I can be with other people and I don't even have to meet them personally. I don't have to look that they should look like me, that they should be like me, uh, to be the same age, the same education, nothing. Only one thing. We have the same common issue. We eat compulsively and... Only with this we are getting together and we can talk the same language. You know, I don't have to, to, to be uh, 
to live in United States. I just can be from other country, from other state, and still we are family, we are united. Now, what is the common if he means business? Business is so much hope because if I think I want to open a business, it means, first of all, I trust myself. <clears throat> Sorry. First of all, I trust myself. I trust that I can do this business because I am looking for success. And to go into the, this program, it means, thank God, I trust myself. It's a trust that I lost it for so many years, and now I, I got it back. I know who I am, and I trust myself. Now, why I am trusting myself? Because this time I am not coming alone. I am bringing with me God. God is my, my partner. God is my director. God is my guide. And I am following God's direction. So then I can trust myself and I can trust that the business will succeed. I will see success in my business. And the people that are coming together in the program, yes, they are all servants of God. They are agents from God. God sent them to be together to build up the business. It's so much hope. I am coming together with God. And this is a, a wonderful, wonderful feeling, a peaceful feeling. I am not the director anymore, and still I am building a business with God is my partner. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Larry. Go ahead, Larry. Thanks so much. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Uh, Larry, uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, um, <clears throat> this does, this paragraph, it just reminds me of, um, you know, again, the isolating nature of this disease. You know, when I when I walked into the rooms of uh, of OA, you know, some four and a half years ago, um, I was disconnected. You know, I felt disconnected. First off, you know, um, I was I felt ashamed. This is a, this disease will shame you. You know, it, it, I felt ashamed, and I and I didn't realize that, you know, that there was commonality between me and the other people. Now, you know, you walk into an OA room. At least my experience was. It was me and, and you know, and, and perhaps 25 women, you know, and, and maybe much in the same way when I walk into this room of vision for you, you know, I can feel, I can feel that way. And that can show, you know, and it's, it's uh, but there's a commonality. There's, you know, we have this allergy of, of the body. We have this obsession of mind. I didn't know that the first day I walked in. You know, I learned. It's a process by which I learned that, you know, that we're, that we're, we're common that way, that we have this disease and we need each other. This is not an I program. This is a we program. There are a lot of, you know, little slogans and sayings like that, but um, they're necessary for me at least to repeat those and to remember because my natural tendency, may, maybe you can relate, my natural tendency is to practice my disease in isolation, you know, and to be ashamed. After all, I don't want you to know that I binge my brains out through many meetings you know, I don't want, you know, anyone to know I you know, that I that I wasn't, you know, some a man that I was very proud of. 
you know, in terms of the person I was. I wanted to, you know, wear a mask and come in there and, and just, I wanted to get thin, really. And how beautiful this program is that once we begin to see and have the spiritual transformation as it unfolds, as we work the steps, we see that we are, we have similarities. You know, I teach, you know, <clears throat> I'll be brief, but I, you know, on a quantum physics level, physical level, you know, we, we see human beings and, and, and other organisms, we're all connected. And yet how interesting that we feel and we're taught and we're socialized to feel that it, it is the I, you know, that we are separate. And somehow this disease, you know, that we are separate, that no one else can really understand what it is that you're going through. But then you find out, that's what I found out, that indeed, uh, you know, that other people, men, women, coming from all different walks of life, different socioeconomic levels, different, you know, different family, cultural levels, different countries, and people calling from all over the world, and we share in the common, common affliction of this disease. That's reassuring to a guy like me. Because really what I want to do is crawl in a cave, you know, and, and hide in a corner and practice my disease that way. I don't need to live that way anymore because I've, I've had that spiritual transformation. And what I'll say, lastly, is that the spiritual transformation by the grace of God that I've had is just one day at a time. I do not graduate. I do not have it done. Don't need you anymore. Thank you, God. See ya. Not for Larry. I, I need to keep repeating day after day. You've had five billion days of abstinence. You've had one. We're all the same. People with this, this disease, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. Thanks so much, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I love the fact that this, these last two sentences really tell me exactly why it is and what it is that keeps this thing going. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. The things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. You know, I always used to think if I just had a bigger house, a better husband, a nicer car, more money from my job. You know, wasn't that going to be the answer to all my problems? More, more, more. I, I suffered from the disease of wanting more, needing more, thinking more was going to be the answer. But those things, those things were false. Those things were false. Those old attitudes, those old ideas, those old fears and insecurities, those could all get transformed, you told me. That I would, I would be operating under a new director. I would be operating with a new way of thinking, a new way of acting on life. And that was going to happen to me because of this spiritual transformation. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. And that's what they're talking about here. All of those old things, the social distinctions, the rivalries, the jealousies, who has what and how can I get some, all of those things got laid aside somehow. You know, my thinking was transformed just in a way that my life became transformed and I became united with these people 
who suffered from the same thing that I suffered from. And I heard them, thank God, I heard them describe it. I heard them describe the binging and the food hangovers and and how they wanted to stop and could not stop. The utter inability to leave it alone. If I had had the ability to leave it alone, I would have made sure that I did it myself. Thank you very much. But I didn't have that ability. The utter inability. And so I found here with you other people who suffered from the same thing that I suffered from, but other people in whom the problem had been solved. And when they cracked open this big book and they brought it to life for me and they showed me how its precise directions had worked for them, they, they held out their hands. They said, no matter how far down the scale you've gone, you're still welcomed here. And I found that sense of they are like me and I am like them. And if it worked for them, maybe it would work for me. But the things that united us were now, how do we carry this message to other people? It opened the door to a new way of thinking, a new life. And I'm grateful for that today. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share before we move on? Naomi, could I share? I'm sorry. Say that again. I didn't hear the list. Naomi. 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 Leah. And Leah. All right, Naomi, we'll start with you. Thank you. I'm going to jump up to the top top paragraph. They had seen miracles and one was to come to them. They had visioned the great reality that loving and all uh, loving their loving and all powerful creator. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to take this time to formally thank my sponsor who nagged me and nagged me and nagged me for months to get on the vision. And my life has been transformed. And then and then to to second that, I got a wonderful sponsor on vision to walk through the steps. And I am so happy, joyous and free to this day because of this program. The other day I noticed how I was walking in the supermarket <clears throat> excuse me. And there were foods there that normally I would have gone crazy and they had no effect on my body at all. I'm 66 years young, been a compulsive overeater since I was five. I was probably born this way. And this program is just amazing. I cannot say enough about this program. Meeting people, picking up the phone, picking up the phone and speaking to some a stranger, a total stranger. And within seconds, it's like becoming best friends. I just feel so blessed for this program. When I first walked into my first OA meeting, I sat down. It was February 7, 2011. And I couldn't imagine where I was at. Because when I got in my car afterwards, I heard these people, after listening to these people talk, I thought to myself, who are these people and what were they saying? And now furthering it and making it more amplified in this in this vision for you, being happy, joyous, and free. When I first purchased my extra-large print big book, I thought, what am I going to do with this book? Well, I want to tell you this book is not big enough for taking notes in the margins, between the sentences. I just, I just thank you all for having this meeting this time in the morning, and I'm so thankful because 
I'm happy, joyous, and free, and abstinent. With that, I pass, and have a joyous day. Thank you. Thank you, Naomi. Go ahead, Leah. Good morning. This is Leah from Brooklyn, New York, a grateful, compulsive overeater. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the word life, but life among alcoholics is more than gatherings, more than meetings, and on the words, if he means business. To me, OA and a vision for you is not only about the 34 pounds that I had lost. It's not only about um, the, the, the meetings that, that make you feel good. It's not about, it's, it's life, it's life. To have this sentence talk about my family, how I'm going to be able to live with my dysfunctional family and not only live, but to, to really, really feel it with my heart and to know that this is going to be fine and this is what my life is about. You know, these jealousies, these rivalries, everything, everything. And this paragraph is so much. I can talk forever about it. But this means the life for me. This is like really, really life because um, I live it. I live everything and I integrate everything into my life with God. And um, I, I just don't, I'm so overwhelmed, but um, this is what I wanted to bring out. And I thank you. I will pass. I'd like to share. Thank you, Leah. And who is next? Uh, I'd like to share. My name is Nancy. Nancy, go ahead, Nancy. Hi, good morning, Visions for You. My name is Nancy. I'm abstinent and grateful. And I'd like to uh, comment on uh, one part of the reading where it says social distinctions. Um, And uh, these are left out of continents. I've lived most of my life in a big city, and I am getting married next week, and I'm re- and I have relocated to a um, very small community. I'm an African American of uh, the community. Uh, I'm, I'm there are not many of us in this community, and at the meeting that I've gone to, I was the only one. And it is the one place that I feel that I'm not conscious of the fact that I'm the only one. Because, as the big book says, we're all on the same ship. It doesn't matter what color we are, what our educational background is, what our financial status is. This disease is an equal opportunity afflictor. And it also, uh, the program also offers a way out for anybody, regardless of those distinctions. And for that, I am so grateful. And, you know, I've been asking myself, well, how did I end up, well, you know, how did I end up in a place like this after having lived in the metropolitan Chicago area for all my life? How did I end up in a little place like this? And uh, the answers come as I read the big book, you know. Uh, I work in the program and work in the steps have taught me to seek God's will. So this is God's will for me. And he has a purpose for me being here. My job is to stay abstinent, seek his will, and, uh, you know, I'm in a better place than I have been in in, in my life, 
in my life uh, in terms of my recovery. I'm so grateful that my sponsor, too, uh, introduced me to this phone uh, bridge visions for you. What a difference in my recovery. Uh, what a difference. It's like it's like the, uh, the 12 steps have just become so a part of, of how I live my life. I thought, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, at first I would say, well, I haven't been doing it. But, yes, I have. I have been relieved of 100 pounds since 1993, and that's by the grace of God and the fellowship of all readers anonymous. But this um, living the steps has taken me to another level. I found out really what this program is about, seeking God and doing his will. And for that, I thank you. I'll keep coming back. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you very much. Well, I see we're at the end of our time here today, so thank you to everyone who has shared. Thank you to Diane and Sharon for the steps and traditions, for the readers, Marita, Katie F., Rebecca, and Lisa for being in the bullpen, and um, and to everyone who shared. Thank you for making it such a wonderful meeting today. Um, now we will close with the... Um, reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Rebecca, could you read that for us? Yes, thank you, Janice. This is Rebecca, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will disclose, constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.